Honestly, I was actually kind of scared to bring up to a lot of people that I I don't have my degree. I just went straight in from community college. I was a little worried that I was going to get judged because everybody you meet there is like from Art Center, from CalArts, but <laughs> those job wanted saying like, hey, either a degree or two years worth of work. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. I don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> I don't have to sugarcoat things anymore. I'm in, I can say it out loud now. I don't have a degree. <laughs> Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray Mendoza-Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Cecilia Gutierrez. She is a mixed Mexican Guatemalan artist working as a color designer at Disney Television Animation. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Cecilia. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I grew up in Anaheim, Mexican Guatemalan. It's so hard to come up with things on the spot, honestly. <laughs> I like to draw. <laughs> I like color. I think maybe when the questions come in more, more things will come out because, yeah, it, it takes a while for me to warm up. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. Glad to uh, learn more about you and thanks again for being on. But before we get into the interview, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Oh my god, no, wait. <laughs> I'm indecisive, <laughs> though. <laughs> I don't even pick out what I eat. I asked somebody else, what do you think? <laughs> All right, let's Well, maybe this. this will be the hardest part of the interview. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll start us off with the first question. Which easily frightened talking dog would you rather have by your side if you encountered a monster? Okay. Scooby-Doo from Scooby-Doo, where are you? Or Courage from Courage the Cowardly Dog? You know what? Courage gets it done. I, that's an easy choice. Courage gets it done, but he's terrified. He's terrified, but he is willing to go down with you. That, that's an easy one. I was, thank you. Thank you. That one's easy. I mean, no disrespect to Scooby-Doo. No disrespect. Yeah, that, was a, that, that was easy. Okay. Okay. Well, Cecilia, Cecilia said that she doesn't want to, to decide, so Courage is going to do it for her. Exactly. Look, he has the same energy I do. When I'm scared, I'm going to be frantic. I am screaming. We're both a purple hair for things, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I like it. And I, you know, yes, just courage, courage, 100%. That's, that's mine. <laughs> the aesthetic, the vibe, everything is match. Yeah. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it, you know? What what about you, Yuki? What would you choose between the two? <laughs> um, I mean, like, I I do feel that about what Cecilia is saying, but at the same time, I'm like, in a situation where Scooby would be really scared, I feel like that would make me feel more brave. Like, I would own up in uh, that moment. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tend to, like, balance out when, when people are, like, really scared or really brave. So, like, <laughs> if somebody seems like they have a handle on the situation, I become more like nervous or like jumpy but if somebody's like really scared in a situation i'm like okay how can we get this done like <laughs> you step mm -hmm. up to the situation yeah <laughs> i'm not always there but like maybe i would seem cool if like scooby was was too scared to do anything 
by comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll make me look better. Also, he's like, a, I, I prefer a big dog. Like, Courage is kind of a small dog. I prefer a big dog. Oh, uh, man. I actually do prefer smaller dogs, but I okay. think between the two, I would choose Scooby. Oh, okay. How dare you? Ba- basically, almost for the same reasons as Yuki. Yeah, I'm sorry. I... I, I loved Scooby-Doo more than I did. Courage always weirded me out. The really? show always weirded me out. I still watched it, and especially watching back, I'm like, what was what 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 was this show? Yeah, no, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's another reason though, because like I like the fact that he was he was able to go through it. Mm. <laughs> you know? No, you're you're right. Courage Courage it did always step up at the end despite his fears, but like with Scooby. Almost the same thing. You might have to bribe him a bit, but he still he still follows through. The thing with Scooby though is that like, especially if I encounter the monster, I'm gonna do basically what the gang always does and just mm-hmm. use Scooby as bait. Is basically <laughs> what I would do. <laughs> I'll bribe him with a Scooby snack, set him up as bait, have him distract the monster, then I'll come and swoop in and like unmask him. No, that, that would be my plan. <laughs> no, think think about what you just said right That's now. Up, think right? about it. You got to bribe him. He's not doing it out of love. He's not doing it out of love. He's doing it because he loves food more than he loves you. That's what just this like is. Just like a real dog. <laughs> just like a real dog. No. And Courage can talk a bit better. Well, they, they both kind of garble speech. Vaguely. That's kind of speech, yeah. <laughs> I do love both of them, but I will say this: I'm willing to eat with Scooby. Oh, I'm willing to eat with Scooby. (laughs) I'll invite him. You know, we can eat. Yeah, (laughs) we can hang out once in a while. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I can't rely on you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great answers. Uh, Next question: Which bad dad would you rather have? Trigon from Teen Titans. Or Fire Lord Ozai from Avatar: The Last Airbender. And let's let's just say in these two situations, you're you, you're like you Raven be, and Zuko. Yeah. So yeah. Trigon, you have Trigon living inside you like Raven, and then Ozai, yeah, you are outcasted by her dad, and I guess mentally scarred. <laughs> daddy issues all around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which daddy issues would you rather have? <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent. I'd ra- okay if you. <laughs> I, I kind of like outed myself earlier on before this saying like my whole life has always been wanting to be Raven. <laughs> so really? Give me the Trigon. Give me the Trigon. Hands down. There's a reason why I have purple hair. There's a reason oh. why I dress up black all the time. Like there's a reason. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, didn't make that connection, but it, it's all like, oh, the, the dots are connecting. It's yeah. all aligning. So, like, here's the thing about the whole trial. And, like, not only will that mean that as a kid, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to be fucking Raven. All right. That's my life goal. <laughs> I know it'll never happen, but, like, that's a life internal goal. I'm going to fix that part of my mind. <laughs> and, I, oh, God, I was such, such a nerd about this, too, because um, the person that I was working with, he actually, like, I think colored Raven. On the original oh, Teen wow. Titans series. Oh, and okay. I legit told him that you're the reason why I have purple hair. And I'm so sorry that I'm being creepy about this right now. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know. That doesn't seem creepy. <laughs> no, yeah. Especially when totally you're working fair. in cartoons, right? Like, yeah, you're bound to run into somebody that's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I totally get you. I totally geeked out when I found out my supervising director also directed on Teen Titans. Right. Yeah. Michael Chang. Shout out. 
Chris Hoon, shout out. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, I'm going to think about it this way, too. Um, Barlow Ozai, right? Like, you Mm -hmm, have to mm -hmm. do so much in order for, like, you you have to come to Fire Lord Ozai, you know? You have to, like, beg. Meanwhile, Trigon, he's trying to come back into her life. So if you think about it. (laughs) What's a healthier relationship? He's trying to, yeah, he's trying to save the relationship with his. Yeah, I was trying to say Tri- Trigon is like the guy who's trying, like oh, I know I screwed up in the past, but I'm really trying to be better. Like, like, look, we can both, you know, be like, I'm gonna use you, yes, okay, I'm gonna use you, yes, but like, I'm trying to make this better for you. I'm gonna give you some says here and there, and like the last, the end episode, like. He's like, you know, just don't kill my friends. All right, so the friends are alive. I gave you what you wanted. Meanwhile, Fire Lord Ozai, like, there was nothing. He was, even till the very end, you know, he was still like, like, no, you should do more for me. You should do more for me. I'm not going to put in that much work. That's true. <laughs> I want to say my favorite episode of D-Times Go is sitcom Trigon, like the oh, sitcom yeah. dad Trigon, when he Aww. has like the sweater vest and everything. <laughs> Best episode ever <laughs> for D-Times Go. But I would honestly... I would go, I would want to be Zuko in this situation, so I would go with Ozai, only because that means I probably have an Uncle Iroh. Mm. My my real dad, my real father <laughs> Your figure. Your real father. Yeah, because, like, I don't mend that relationship with Ozai, but, like, I have Iroh, and I, acknowledge, I come to realize that you've been my dad all along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is and cathartic. And also, I, 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 would, I would be a firebender. Mm. One man army. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is a really hard choice. I don't think I wanted to be Raven as badly as you did, but like... <laughs> as badly. I did have like a really sick Raven costume one Halloween that I asked my dad to put together. I thought it was really cute, like a blue cape and like bottle leotard and stuff. Uh, that was I really didn't fun. know that. That's so cute. I yeah, want to see I those pictures. Like, uh, how old was I? I don't know, like 13 or something like that. Like wow. whenever Teen Titans was on, um, but it, yeah. it was a really cute costume uh homemade um i don't know you really you're really swaying me with the iro pool though i am wearing an iro shirt today <laughs> 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 <sighs> it just happened uh. to be so maybe i would like to be zuko if that was the case uh i i also really like the idea that like zuko tries to be a good person and is really like misled but then, you know, he he comes around to it. Not that Raven's arc is any less compelling, but she has always been, like, kind of on the path where she's like, I want to do good. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be, like, she's working towards not bringing the end of the world <laughs> the whole mm-hmm. time. But I, I do feel, like, more closely just with Zuko in general, being, like, a dumb teenager and then being like, hey, maybe what I learned was bad. <laughs> Maybe uh, <laughs> Fire Nation Nazism is bad. <laughs> I was about to say, hear me out on this. All right, hear okay. me out on this, okay? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to have to take care of a whole kingdom now. There is a lot of uh, uh, the monarchy. You know what? Abolish the monarchy. Yeah. I'm the Fire Lord now? No. Never mind. <laughs> We're getting rid of that. That's true. Actually. I'm you turning my that. palace into <laughs> a community center. <laughs> I don't want to deal with other people's stress. Uh uh-uh. uh. I still keep the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would, Ray. I fucking knew it. I, I keep the monarchy. I, I don't mind. 
but I would I would definitely try to help the underprivileged communities in in my kingdom. Tax the rich, even <laughs> myself. <laughs> you put in the most. Yeah, I'll put in the most for sure. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks so much for playing with us uh, in between, Cecilia. Um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Great answers. And to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, send us a message either on Twitter or Instagram at AP, or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. So I just want to start off by saying thank you again, uh, Cecilia, for being on the podcast. We're so excited to have you on and chance to spotlight and share your story. So to kind of start rolling with that, tell us how you first got your start working in animation. Actually, the literal interview process was actually really hard because I feel like everything that was supposed to go wrong went wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Except for the actual moment in time when I was being interviewed. But uh, going back, I was trying to figure out myself out because, uh, as you know, I used to be in a nursing program and then I got out of it and I was starting from scratch. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to do it. I honestly didn't know anything about the animation industry at all. I just know that I like to mm-hmm. draw and I loved artwork. I enrolled in a couple of community colleges and it wasn't until I hit Fullerton College that I met a professor, Bill Demetriotis, like shout out, shout out. <laughs> He was very, uh, he used to be in the industry. He still kind of is. And I, I was actually really surprised that a lot of people in Fullerton uh, Community College were actually animation veterans types. Mm-hmm. They would work on other shows that I've heard about. And it was really exciting. And that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. Because I don't know how else to put this, but I could not afford going to an art school at all. Growing up, mm-hmm. my family didn't have a lot of money. I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to do me a bum or anything. <laughs> No, it's totally but fine. we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Mm-hmm. This was a really big risky move on my end to do this because, yeah, they were hoping that I was going to go into the medical field and help out in the family because that's all we wanted to do. We just wanted to raise our family back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it was really hard. I looked at the numbers. My boyfriend at the time was telling me, like, you could take out student loans. You could do all this. And I looked at all the numbers and I thought, I, I can't. I really can't. Like, I know that it's possible. And I've been told by other people that if you don't go into art school, it's going to be really hard for you to break in. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of crushed me a little bit. And it wasn't until I took that class with Phil that he told me that it, it is true. Art school helps. It helps you get dedicated. It helps you like buckle down because you have a mm-hmm. lot more like kind of skin in the game because you you did invest a lot and in, you invested in your, in your future. Mm-hmm. But... He told me, if you want, we could just really buckle down here. We can work really hard. And once I see that you have like a certain number of portfolio pieces, once I see that you can turn things in on time, I can try to find an interview for you. Mm -hmm. And it it took like a year or so. I kind of didn't know what I was expecting. Yeah. And it wasn't until one day in January. That he sent out a mass email to a lot of the students that he was working with saying like, hey, there is an open position. Send out your portfolios. Do it now. And Mm -hmm. he always kind of told us that too. Always be ready because you never know when there's going to be an opportunity. I just kind of screamed and I was like, ah! And I turned everything in. (laughs) Resume (laughs) typed up, uh, portfolio pieces sent out. And I didn't hear anything back. It was actually for um, Puppy Dog Pals from Wild Canary. And... I I didn't hear a thing back. I think they Mm -hmm. uh, responded back saying, thank you for your interest, but we went a different direction. I was bummed out. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't until February that I got another email. There was a long list of people that have turned in portfolio pieces and they were like, oh, let's just pick this one. Mm-hmm. I got called up for the interview and this is where this starts. This is where it starts. I had nothing. I had nothing, right? <laughs> I was told by my professor to have three things, print multiple resumes printed out, have a physical 11 by 17 art portfolio ready for people to view. And also one important one, bring a sketchbook because a lot of the times people want to see what you actually do on your downtime. Mm-hmm. That night I was at 3 a.m. at a FedEx printing everything out. Oh man. <laughs> I only had like $100 on my bank account and it, that, that cost $60. I'm telling you right now. Yikes. <laughs> my car was breaking down <laughs> and also I was sick. I remember now, I was sick. (laughs) Oh, man. Everything went wrong. I actually had to call my dad and be like, Dad, can you take me to my job interview? (laughs) He was like, what What was wrong? The car's not going to make it. I had a Ford Mustang. And I I told him, I was like, you know, this car breaks down after 10 miles. (laughs) We're going all the way to L.A. He was like, Sassy, we can do this. We can do this. And meanwhile, I took a nap in the car. (laughs) <laughs> and I popped a Tylenol in. I was getting myself hyped up and ready. And I went through the interview. There were three or four people interviewing me. It was a blur. I was really gone with the medication. And it went well. It went well. I actually pulled through somehow. And I made sure that like everybody had something in their hands. Mm-hmm. Somebody had my resume. Somebody had my portfolio. Somebody had my sketchbook, and I was entertaining, I guess. Like, I'm waving my hands around Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) I was still a little terrified of this first interview, even afterwards. And then I got, like, a call back, like, a week later saying, hi, would you like to start? (laughs) It was like, what? I'm still a student. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) But I really think a lot of the people that worked on Chicken Squad took chances on new artists because everybody that joined in, it seemed like they were they were in the same point that I was at where they just came out of school and Mm -hmm. it was their first gigs. I'm actually really grateful for that because I don't think I see that a lot. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm glad that Chicken Squad kind of did that for you and that kind of made the effort to hire a lot of green artists to bring on Mm -hmm. a show. And like, I could totally feel like maybe like the anxiety of feeling like everything's going (laughs) wrong, but I'm glad that you pulled through. I'm glad that you killed the interview and that, yeah, you, you got your start. You broke in at Wild Canary. So actually, at Wild Canary, you started off as a prop designer, but then you moved on to color for Disney. Mm-hmm. Could you describe the role of a color designer in the animation pipeline? Jokingly, I think we're one of the last line of defense when it comes to the design work. <laughs> I don't know if that makes okay. sense. So the way it goes, there's props. And then once the props are approved, we go into color with them. And when Mm -hmm. it comes to the coloring, coloring is so much fun. It's nice. I've been told some people are like, how the hell do you color this? I don't know. It's it's just just the weird instincts. It's been fan art for like the longest years of worth of fan (laughs) art and color (laughs) (laughs) has contributed to this. But we're basically the ones that end up doing the last pass, making sure that the lines all match up, color is added into it. And also you have to make sure that this prop or this item, this character, they're going to start showing up all across the board with different backgrounds and you have to make sure that it all blends in and it all feels harmonious. Mm -hmm. 
So for different props, are you actually editing like line art and making changes there? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Sometimes whenever it is, like we also like to make sure that the lines kind of match up, I guess. Like sometimes when it comes to the black and whites, like this past show that I'm on, there was one thing that it got approved in black and whites, but when we saw it in color, it felt like there was something missing. And that's what I meant <laughs> by like a line of defense. It's like we want it to show that it's gaudy. And just the colors alone can make it gaudy. We need more. Mm. Add okay. more. Mm -hmm. So then it goes mm -hmm. back into the props or like characters. And then they add a couple more things to make it even more extra. And then they're like, oh, now let's see it in color. All right. Okay. Now mm -hmm. this is tacky. This is what we want. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Checks and balances to make sure that the showrunner gets what they want. The board artist gets mm -hmm. what they want. Like, let's make this joke land even harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that it's very, like, instinctual when you're doing color design. But yeah, like, if you can, in the best way possible, how will you describe your thought process when approaching the assignments that you get? Because, like, we, we hear that a lot with color design. Yeah, just, like, I just feel it. But, like, yeah, yeah how would it's you just, describe it? I don't it? know, man. Just put whatever looks good. The I don't know, man. You know, that's true. <laughs> that's really true. But I'm I'm telling you, I want to blame... Like the early DeviantArt era, I want to or like blame the <laughs> Tumblr era, you know, all those things. But somebody actually gave me a good note. They told me, use the background to help you figure out what the prop or the character is going to look like. It has to still be in the same environment. And once you drop those colors, like basic color scheme in the palette and the tones, always make sure that you kind of see things in gray tones too, to make sure that it's balanced. Mm -hmm. Then turn that off. And then start looking at it like in a different way. Like let's play around with, you know, color theory here and there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned before, you started out as a prop designer when working at Wild Canary. Mm -hmm. How was that transition from you when you shifted to color design for Disney television animation? It was completely different. So at Wild Canary doing prop design... I was actually kind of fortunate that it was, it almost felt like a jack of all trait where we were able to tackle on a couple of other stuff too. Mm. So mm -hmm. because we were all brand new and fresh, we kind of are excited to try doing other things. We all did a little mm -hmm. bit of character work. We all did a little bit of background work just for practice. And also mm -hmm. it went through, it was a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed that environment so much because I was able to like dip my toes into everything. Mm -hmm. And when you transition over to Disney, they're really streamlined. Mm -hmm. Like they're very, mm -hmm. it's like, this is your role and this is what you will do. I'm like, oh, oh. So it was, it's not like it's better or worse. It was just a complete change of environment. Oh yeah. Cause mm -hmm. it's also a different kind of studios. Like Disney is this big corporate conglomerate while Wakanary is like, a, you know, it's a smaller studio that they produce stuff for other people. Like mm -hmm. other studios like Disney goes to them. You're like, Hey, we have a show called Bubby Dog Battles. Can you guys produce some of the artwork for it? Mm -hmm. And then we'll go to this different studio that will do the animation. Yeah. But it's under the Disney umbrella. But like, yeah, so Wild Canary, Ghost Spot, Tonko House, like, you know, there's smaller studios like that, like versus like the big ones like Nick, Disney, DreamWorks. Yeah. I, I just found it interesting that it was like a so streamlined. That's all I mm. can actually describe the way that the, the work environment is. Because like, you know exactly who mm -hmm. you're supposed to talk to. You know exactly what you're supposed to get and mm -hmm. it's a little easier because you know exactly what you're doing mm -hmm. but i did also enjoy the fast pace of like do you want to try to do a character today and i was like oh my gosh mm -hmm. yes both yeah. has its perks and benefits you know mm -hmm. 
I think um, that's why during like a hiatus period, it's always good to do some freelance work too to like get some old practice from other stuff because I'm still trying to do work for fun right now, but it's mm-hmm. so hard to make time for it. And I feel like, oh, mm-hmm. I need somebody to tell me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's why freelance work is really helpful with that. So you can just practice the other jack of all traits that you could develop. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like looking at your art and you're like, I was looking at your portfolio as well. You're like, you're a very versatile artist. And that probably goes to what you did at Wild Canary. You're mm-hmm. doing a lot of different roles from like props to character, you know, color design now. Is being a color designer kind of like, like your dream role? Or do you want to have the ability to kind of jump back and forth between characters, props and color? I I think I want to go for almost everything. I I don't want to be scared mm. of being handed any assignment. Mm. That's my goal. I feel as artists, we kind of get a lot of imposter syndrome situations going on in our heads. Mm-hmm. Like you see everybody else's work. You instinctually compare yourself and you think a little like, oh, I'm not their level yet. I'm not there. And mm. that kind of messes with your head a little bit because we all feel like a little sensitive about our work at one point or another which Mm -hmm. is why i kind of get the excited the idea of working on anything and being able to not be scared you know my courage moment yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be kicking and screaming but i'm going to do it and eventually i won't be scared anymore i love that well well put yes (laughs) that's my theory it's like right now i'm in the design process but like if ever given the chance i would like to try boarding maybe one day i Hmm. want to explore these things oh so even farther outside of the visual development side even going into yeah story okay cool interesting i want to give myself credit to this because it's not just one thing that i really obsess and love i love the whole idea of producing something and Mm -hmm. like contributing it's just Mm -hmm. a lot of fun to me so I guess my overall like dream would actually want to be a showrunner. Yeah. I think a lot of people would want to be a showrunner. And because of that, I'd want to know what everybody is doing. Yeah. yeah. And I'd want to be able to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'd love to keep honing every single job and skill to learn. I even like to talk to production. Honestly, totally. I think one of the best things you can do is talk to production and ask them, like, mm-hmm. how can I make things easier for you? Mm-hmm. what is the yeah. biggest flaws that I'm going through that I can help you? Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way you can make something good is everybody on team is like doing good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's actually a good piece of advice. Like I love my production team mm-hmm. and yeah, pretty much same thing. Any way I can make production's life easier. I'm always happy to do it just because I know they do a lot and you don't want to be that pain in the ass that makes their job harder. Because like what I always try to strive to do in any role that I'm in is that how can I make the next person's job easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I always keep that in mind when I'm working on stuff, like which is why I do my best to name every layer and my board, try to organize stuff as much as I can. Because when I was just, I love the boards. The boards are all great. But I have also I have worked on some boards where it's like the head is on one layer, the hand is on a different layer, and like the oh, body's no. on a step. Like I'm like, okay, I need to fix this. No, where the devil is this hand? Which layer is this hand? And all of, I just see like <laughs> F K G H thing A A five. I'm like, what the f-? And so if I can make the next person job easier, I always try to strive to do that. I I think it's also because like everybody in my production in the past productions have also been very helpful. And I think it's good to Mm -hmm. break those barrier walls and just talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So the one of the things I really want to dive into, you talked about in the very beginning is that before pursuing art, you actually were on your way to becoming a registered nurse. 
could you tell us at what point did you decide to make that career shift? Because like I was reading your little about on your portfolio and I think that was such a lovely story. And I really want to share that with our audience because I think they'll find it very inspiring. Uh, yeah, I was inspired. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've mentioned it before too. Like we didn't do very well financially, but we still had a lot of love. You know, that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I was younger, they told me that I was smart. You know, and when you hear mm-hmm. that as a parent, you think, oh, my God, this is going to be the child. This is going to be the child that's going <laughs> to save us. And yeah, the immigrant parent, tree. <laughs> she's a smart kid. She's going to be able to get us out. She's the one that's going to become the doctor. I joke around about this, but I did not have that much fun in my like elementary, middle school, high school. It was all just about try to do good work, get ahead in life, mm-hmm. do all this. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the most fun life. Meanwhile, my husband over here, he he graduated with 1.8 GPA, you know, and now he's like a CPA or something. I'm like, what? You had fun. You had fun in That's a story. He has a funny story. That's awesome. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I was the one that was very studious, very quiet girl in the corner. The only thing I had to myself was in my DeviantArt account. <laughs> and then I ended up enrolling in a nursing program. It was paid for because I was still a high school student. I mm-hmm. took summer classes to become a CNA. And then I also became a medical assistant and got a free scholarship to go into the LVN program, which then led to mm-hmm. the registered nurse program. The credits would transfer over. So mm-hmm. I was going through this whole process. I graduated high school. It was good. We did clinical work. We did a lot of bedside service. I actually give so much respect to the people, to nurses right now, even beforehand, even before the whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. When I tell you they're underpaid, they are underpaid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they do so much of the work. The program that I did was ROP. ROP is one of the most affordable nursing programs that you can go into. And it's because Mm -hmm. you pay a certain amount, but you're not secured graduating you could still fail out, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A lot of nursing programs actually don't do that. You just pay and you do graduate. Oh. And it's a matter of getting your, it's a matter of taking the test to become certified. Yeah. So for me, it was a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I was definitely burnt out by the time I was like 19. Mm -hmm. I started feeling really tired. To do clinical work, you had to wake up like at 6 Mm a.m., like 5 a.m., be there at the hospital to do service. Medicine, do the vital signs and do all the lab reports and figure things out for each patient. It was really exhausting, but that, that wasn't what hit me. What hit me to quit mm-hmm. <laughs> had to have been that uh, it's kind of just a depressing note. There was a patient and I overheard somebody saying like, Oh, I don't think we can afford to keep that alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked at the patient And he looked almost exactly like my father. And I was just like, nope, 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 nope. I'm not doing this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Funny little story beforehand. uh, I did have a teacher that was overlooking me and I had downtime with a patient. I would draw my patients and a napkin and Mm -hmm. give it to them occasionally. So cheesy. So cheesy. What a movie (laughs) scene right there that was. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And my teacher pulled me aside and said, it seems like you actually are interested in other things. And I told her, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm here. She's like, you know, you're young enough that you can try to do what you want and you can mm-hmm. always just come back. Yeah. You could always come back. Yeah. Who cares what anybody else says? Mm-hmm. This program isn't that expensive. You can always just re-enroll if you wanted to. 
and I disappointed my parents. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, I'm glad that somebody was there to at least mm -hmm. tell you that was an option. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want to do certain things, but they never have somebody in their life who is just there to be like, hey, you know, life is long. You can do multiple things. You can even mm -hmm. fail multiple times. And yeah, you can just pick back up. It's okay. Mm hmm. I'm really glad that your art job worked out for you. But like, yeah, if you had left your nursing program and whatever else you wanted to pursue, like if that didn't work out, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always kind of tell people that it's going to be okay regardless. You can land on your feet no matter where mm -hmm. you end up. Because I think there's a lot of chances out there. It just depends on what you really want in life. I know a lot of people just want security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I think that's yeah. mm -hmm. a completely valid dream to have just to have rest meanwhile us mm -hmm. nah <laughs> us no always on the grind <laughs> always gotta yeah. we always gotta suffer a little but that's one thing i gotta say too for the people listening you are gonna be stressed <laughs> out <laughs> because one contract's gonna end and you're gonna panic and think when's the next one coming mm -hmm. yeah true. it's not for the faint of heart but it's not nursing i don't no one's dying that's true. We are just making funny cartoons. Mm -hmm. No one's life is going to end if you don't follow through. That's it. <laughs> or don't meet that deadline. So sometimes it feels like that is going to happen. I don't know why, but like the first year that I was working, I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, something bad is going to happen. And it wasn't until Mickey Mouse, <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, my color uh, lead <laughs> designer, she told me, it's like, Cecilia, you're not in nursing. No one's going to die. We're doing cartoons. <laughs> Chill. I'm just like, oh, okay. And um, that's something always to keep in mind. It's good to be punctual. It's good to, like, have good work ethic, but also, like, chill. Uh, something I quickly want to go back to is that, yeah, kind of what Yuki said. I'm glad that there was someone there to kind of recognize that, like, there's something else deeper that you wanted to do and was able to kind of give you that push. And I totally understand that upbringing of like, because um, I think that's just very true with like when you have immigrant parents is that they come to this country for a better life for their kids. They want their kids to maximize on, the, on, a, on a proper education, you know, become a doctor, become a lawyer, become a politician, <laughs> <laughs> all these, all these things. And like, I was very fortunate enough that my parents were supportive when I told them it wasn't until like my senior year of high school where I realized that animation is what I wanted to do. But at that point, I didn't have a portfolio. I didn't have a proper sketchbook. I had nothing. So I made a last minute decision to apply to like a college that had animation programs. And I got really fortunate that I got to San Jose State. But I had the support of my parents. And sometimes that's not always the case. But I did grow up with that burden or that stress on my shoulders of like, I need to make something that makes money so I can help support my parents. Hmm. And I'm glad that I'm in a position now that I'm doing something that I love and enjoy and I'm still able to support my parents. I got the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And the thing I kind of want to ask you, I know you said your parents were disappointed, but how did they feel now? Are they proud of you that you're working for the mouse? <laughs> <laughs> my parents were disappointed. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my family yeah. was. My I have two older brothers. They also were like, Sissy, what the fuck? And I was like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to try to do mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. My family still loved me. I know that. They were just really, <laughs> really upset. Mm. But I think when I was still transitioning, I still haven't gotten my first job. My dad, my mom, they didn't know what I actually wanted to do. They kept thinking like, she wants to be an artist. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what kind of artist? Like, I think she wants to paint in galleries. I don't know. She does art. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. they don't know what it is. And it's like, what? Well, so she wants to draw cartoons. It's like when when an immigrant mm-hmm. parent tells you says it out loud, it almost feels like, oh, she's playing pretend. It almost feels mm-hmm. like that a little bit. <laughs> but it wasn't until like I got my first gig, and also like. They pay you pretty well for your, like, for contract work. Mm-hmm. They pay you pretty well. My parents were like, what? How much are you making? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Why would they pay you that much? They don't. Must <laughs> 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 it's like, caricaturas? It's like, yeah, just for cartoons. It's a it, real it, job. <laughs> With real money. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, my gosh. And I told my dad because, you know, as soon as I told my dad, I told my dad, please don't tell the family. Don't tell the family because I know that you want to show off, but I am not about that life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how far I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm ter- I'm terrified of jinxing it. Dad, as soon as you start gossiping to las tías, I am going to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gonna have to say she lost the job. No, <laughs> no, don't you dare tell anyone about this. I don't want bad karma on me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I told him to keep his mouth shut about it. And it wasn't until like my first credit came out that I showed him, and he was so proud. He screenshotted on his phone, <laughs> and then he started showing my family. He's like, "Look, this, that's our name. That's our name there." And I think that was mm-hmm. my happiest moment. I don't know if my parents still know what I do. I don't mm-hmm. think they do. My parents still don't, don't know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they know. They, they still don't know what I do. But they know that I'm on TV now. And my brothers are really proud, too. They got, like, really excited. It's like, yeah, my sister's doing pretty well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's, like, that little bit of validation that I finally got from my family. <laughs> Oh, it paid off. <laughs> no, I just want to mention, you don't have to get it, you know, but it's nice. <laughs> but it's also understandable because, like, for them, like, again, it's almost like a luxury working in entertainment. Yeah. Like, mm. just because to work in entertainment, a lot of people that are in it come from well-off families just because they have the money to send them to art school yes. or to film mm-hmm. school or to all this stuff. And again, they have connections. There's a lot of nepotism in entertainment as well. So like, it's understandable mm-hmm. that they think when they see art, all they think is like a little kid drawing. So they don't see that it's a serious career because your parents watch cartoons, your parents watch movies, but it doesn't occur to them how many people actually are in the behind the scenes producing and making it to appear on screen. Because mm-hmm. once my parents found out how much I was making and that I got in, they were like, again, they were always supportive, but they were really proud and really happy, surprised that I'm in a position where I could help out my parents and I love them in this position but mm-hmm. something they're not really aware of or they're taught just because it's either general labor for us mm-hmm. for people of immigrant parents or uh, immigrant children or it's you know trying to be that nurse trying to be an accountant, something that pays really well that's like a desk job because we don't know anything else or we haven't been taught that there's other options to pursue mm-hmm. and hopefully with you with me with Yuki and the people that we bring on this podcast we're letting other people know like hey entertainment is possible whether you go to art school, whether you go to university, whether you go to community college, it's all feasible. Mm-hmm. You just need to put in the work. Yeah, honestly, I was actually kind of scared to bring up to a lot of people that I I don't have my degree. Mm-hmm. I just went straight in from mm-hmm. community college. I was still in the middle of classes. You know, I had to like finish up my classes through like online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say like I was a little worried that I was going to get judged because, yeah, everybody you Mm -hmm. meet there is like from Art Center, from Cal Arts, Mm -hmm. even like Cal State Long Beach. But as soon as I hit that two year mark where I've been in the industry that long and I see those (laughs) those job wanted saying like, hey, Mm -hmm. either a degree 
or two years wor- uh, worth of work. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. I don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> the two years worth of work. Yeah, it's like two years worth of experience. I'm in. I don't have to sugarcoat things anymore. I'm in. I can say it out loud now. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree. <laughs> it is 100% like you said, you learned so much on the job. Mm-hmm. People with experience, they're just going to teach you exactly what you need to know. Like you're going to be doing that job eight hours a day. You're going to get good at it. Yeah, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. That's a bunch of experience and mileage you're getting on a weekly basis. And I also want to say, yeah, regardless whether you have a degree or not, your work is fucking stellar. Like your illustrations, your character designs, your prop designs, your portfolio is, is amazing. I love oh, it. I love your work. Thank you. <laughs> you have really, really amazing work. Gotta be willing to put in hours. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just hours. This is also a good way to kind of tell people in the pathways because I know my niece... She's 15 years old and she's already trying. She's into anime right now. <laughs> she's been. Yeah. She, yeah it starts that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's been drawing and she's been really excited about it. She talks about me and says like, well, my tia says he could do it. Then I can do it too. And I was like, oh my God. And then I kind of want to <laughs> tell her, it's like, okay, but if you're going to do it and you want to be serious, <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. do more. <laughs> But yeah, I, it's okay to draw your interest in anime, but like, there's fundamentals that you need to learn. Yeah, figure draw, learn perspective. Have fun right now, but start practicing mm-hmm. a bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Fill up those sketchbooks, yeah. even at a young age. <laughs> I'm really impressed that you only went to community college, and like, I know Ray and I both went to a university, mm-hmm. and I loved my time at university, but mm-hmm. like, college is becoming an option rather than like a requirement for you know people entering any profession like my boyfriend he's in tech he only went to community college never even got an aa you know didn't get a degree and he's up there with all these people who are like oh i he's went to ivy league school get it yeah he i mean he makes great money why it makes the big bucks <laughs> Go but what i'm saying is like even like people he works with went to like you know stanford or whatever and they're like well what school did you go to and he's like i didn't go <laughs> i went to a community <laughs> college like but yeah like you said you know really put in the work really put in the time mm. you can do that in this industry any industry that you want there's tons of resources youtube google forums just put it in the work and not just draw, but like draw consciously, mm-hmm. work towards that goal. Mm-hmm. But I also think it says a lot more of you as a person when you're in that position with all these other Stanford and Ivy League people and like, yeah, I didn't get a degree. <laughs> I only went to community college. But that just shows how much work you put in and how good at you are, at whatever craft you're in that like, mm-hmm. I just put in the hours. I didn't need to or I didn't have the opportunity to go to this thing, but I'm still here with you. Mm-hmm. That says a lot. Didn't rack up that debt. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's mainly the reason why I knew that I couldn't go into like universities or art schools because you know how people can go through co-signing and stuff like that. I don't think my family would have been able to even pull out loans for that Mm -hmm. at one Mm -hmm. point. And it it was just, it wasn't an option. Yeah. My husband told me like, I really did risk a lot by Mm -hmm. putting all my faith into my professor that said, I can try to get you a job. But you have to make sure that you listen and you have to understand criticism. You have to understand like it's a corporate job technically. You have to understand how you can network, how you can speak with other people. Hearing Mm -hmm. all of that, I realized, okay, okay, humble yourself. Make sure that you do work hard, but also don't do all-nighters. Don't Mm -hmm. go too far. And Mm -hmm. I still talk about it. Every single time I get a new gig, that's like a completely new gig. I still message my old professor and tell him like, hey, thank you. Mm Because I don't know where I would be without 
community college. Yeah. And if anybody's in that area, I would recommend taking his classes because he taught prop design, he taught character design, background, perspective. His perspective class is one of like the hardest things. (laughs) Bill Dimitriotis in Fullerton College. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. The next thing I kind of want to segue into is does your cultural background influence you and or your art, whether personally or professionally? I feel like it's no, but then I think Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not even realizing it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It's it's part of you. Yeah. You grew up in the culture. You grew up mm-hmm. in your environment. And because of that, like to you, it's just second nature. You don't know if you're doing it or not. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I, I never posted it, but I, because I'm still working on it, I have been working on mm-hmm. like Santa Ana background art. And I've been also uh, doing mm-hmm. a lot of Anaheim, like certain things, because I feel like there's kind of a nice beauty when it comes to mm-hmm. some grittiness here and there, but it feels like mm-hmm. home. It feels nice. I do have some character work that I was doing with Palateros and a bunch of others. I love that. It's That's so cool. fun. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. And like panderias and stuff like that, because I do mm-hmm. like connecting with it here and there. But I also, funny enough, I, I can't ignore the fact that I also still did grow up in a diverse community. So I did yeah. draw like a Korean barbecue dinner that me and my husband have a lot of the times. Heck yeah. He wanted me to do a whole pho portrait for him because we've oh. been <laughs> loving his mom's pho this whole entire time too. Uh it's nice to know that you can delve into other things because you're not just one thing you're multiple things Mm -hmm. yeah especially as you grow and stuff especially for you like yeah like you your husband is from a different culture so that's all to see subconsciously or consciously is going to integrate into you as a person as well yeah Yeah. and as your like american culture or like or melting pot of like cultures quote unquote you know (laughs) just coming together having a lot of those diverse communities that's part of your upbringing too that's part of your heritage that's part of your background yeah it's Mm -hmm. really really fun i mean whenever we walk outside like i think we do get stares still (laughs) 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 we kind of ignored it and then recently i when i was walking through with sunglasses i was finally able to actually see if people still stare at us because we're so different looking and they Mm -hmm. do (laughs) We've been together for like seven years now. We're going on eight. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. like it's gone by now. We ignore everybody else. But once in a while, we see That's it. Crazy. And it's not like it's a mm-hmm. bad thing. It's just I think people notice. <laughs> people. Yeah. It's like, and what? And what? You, know? <laughs> you want a tussle? <laughs> no, no one's tussling. <laughs> How about you, Yuki? Do you get stairs? <laughs> oh, do you get stairs too? You I, have a tall white boy. I don't think so. Because why it's a white guy? I don't think so because like white you know, is considered the default, quote unquote. So like, if there's like one half of a white person and then something else, it's like not as strange. I, I gotta say, okay. Does that is that make sense? It makes sense because me and Danny were talking about this too. We're realizing mm-hmm. that if that's the case, it's because two cultures then don't conflict. And that's the difference, I think. Mm. Well, I can't assume things about that either. But like, mm-hmm. um, white culture is very right now in the American culture, unless it's actually like an yeah. actual, yeah. like they state that they're, they're a certain thing like Italian, then you have to mm-hmm. actually, yeah, integrate like an Italian uh, culture with your culture. Mm-hmm. But if it's not yeah. the case, and it's the American culture, then you both mm-hmm. share that. Because you're both mm-hmm. American. Yeah. that That's mm-hmm. my opinion on it, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't experience the same thing, yeah, of uh, people staring at us. But my brother's friend's dad was this French guy. And when he learned that my brother was like 
half Japanese, half Chinese. We're half Japanese, half Chinese. He was like, oh, I thought the Japanese hated the Chinese. And I was like, we're in America. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we're so far away from all of that. I mean, like, you are right. But like, doesn't all of Europe hate each other? Like, I don't get it. What's the weird part? I can miss you all the wars that Europe has had with each other. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's just really funny to me that like, it's shocking when people are like, two different cultures we're all humans and can like have children (laughs) together what yeah actually now that i remember when i first tell people that i'm half guatemalan half mexican some people are like those two don't like each other either (laughs) i can't imagine one single person from that culture getting together with another person what do you mean people can set aside their differences (laughs) i don't understand Well, on that lovely note, thank you so much for joining us, Cecilia. Before we get into our final question, where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you would like to promote? I'm on Instagram. I'm Sketchy Sashira. I haven't posted, but I will. (laughs) I promise you. I'm waiting for my hiatus to start posting again. (laughs) So not even going to bother with Inktober. Uh Uh-uh. <laughs> mm, art struggle. Uh, I've done it once where I did the whole year and I I I think it was 2017 and I'm so proud. <laughs> Never again. Dude, nice. <laughs> Just one time. One time I can do it. Made it through. Done. <laughs> and okay, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. So Wonderful World of Summer is out. Wonderful World of <laughs> Spring and Winter. <laughs> Those are all out. Uh we've got one more coming up. I, I can say that, right? Yeah, I can say that. I mean, spoiler alert, fall comes out later. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of other things, but keep posted on Instagram because I will eventually post it and then my dad will screenshot it and then send it to his friends as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And then as we come to a close, what final advice would you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation? You're going to get rejected a lot. a lot okay and it's nothing personal sometimes it's just a matter of style preference and it's not Mm -hmm. that they think you can't do it it's that your portfolio didn't show it so if Mm. you really do want to be more versatile on the shows that you can get look up shows that you want to apply for and start doing Mm -hmm. work that is similar to those those art styles look up the art director for sure every show that you go on Look up the art director and try to see what you can do with that. Also, every show that I've been on, you better keep the brushes because those brushes are gold. (laughs) All right. That's another one. Um, The brushes are gold. I feel like going to an expensive art school is also a good choice. But Mm. I kind of like to think of it as the two of um, either you pay for your networking or you have to start Mm. from the bottom with networking and not pay. Mm -hmm. So keep that in Mm -hmm. mind. Keep in mind your priorities if you have the time to do that or if you have the energy because not gonna lie, it it drains you. Constantly emailing Mm -hmm. and responding to people and trying to network, it's really hard. So understand where your time should be put into and also where your money should be put into. Mm -hmm. Because overall, um, I've heard so many horror stories of people just having so many student loans and still trying to find a job. Yeah. I think for me, it's a little, maybe it's different because I actually have to take care of my parents still. I have to take care of 
other people. So just understand, weigh out your options. There's no shame in realizing that you have other responsibilities too. You don't have to be a mm. diehard artist. Your personality doesn't have to be an artist. Your hobbies shouldn't <laughs> be just being an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do other things, develop hobbies outside of art. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm trying to develop hobbies outside of art because it's a lesson I'm learning right now. <laughs> I don't know what to talk to with my friends. <laughs> just, just putting it out in the ether. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm trying to figure out what to talk to with my friends without bringing up work. And they're not in the animation industry. <laughs> it's like, what was my life before this? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, keep that in mind <laughs> have friends outside of the animation community to remind yourself like mm -hmm. okay i i can do things outside of art i can do things outside of making a profit that's mm -hmm. a big one right there mm -hmm. yeah i think that's why it's really hard for a lot of artists that are working in an industry to draw for themselves because there's always something in the back of your head thinking oh this could be a portfolio i should change it Like I should mm -hmm. make it fit more of a portfolio piece rather than a passion project. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of like something in the back of your head, and you you kind of forget like the the roots of why you wanted to do art. You know, mm -hmm. like keep it fun, have fun time. This is all the advice that I want mm -hmm. to tell myself right now. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic pieces of advice. Like mm -hmm. you know, sometimes <laughs> learning is as much uh, teaching others. Yeah. Uh, as it is teaching yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Cecilia. If you enjoyed our interview today, audience member, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. Shout out to Marissa Torres for suggesting Cecilia as a guest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast.gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.